Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money of M 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Dacca together with Ziaul Rausch. And uh, we know it's been a couple of days now, but uh, I think it's the right occasion. You know, now that all the joy has uh, sinked in to celebrate how well we've done at the SEA Games. Yeah, certainly. 51 golds, 43 silvers, 64 bronze medals, 8 games record, 17 national records and 40 personal best performances to answer your question. Plenty to celebrate. I'm so happy to see uh, Kwa Ting Wen winning uh, the best athlete or, uh, of, of the entire games uh, at the closing ceremony, so it's really nice. Uh, i tell you what, uh, one man who was on the ground, you know, looking at everything, reporting so much for the Straits Times, is uh, our Straits Times sports reporter, Dipin Rajganasan, Deepan, how are you, man? Hi, Elliot. Hi, Raushad. I'm good. Uh, back in Singapore and resting up after the highs of the SEA Games. Yeah, you were there a couple of weeks. Uh, the first Singapore dish you had when you came back? It was my mom's cooking, actually. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> is really your mom? happy to be back. Is your mom listening or what? Is that why you're giving <laughs> us that answer? She's probably somewhere here, so I had to say it. <laughs> Deepan, it's fantastic to have you back. We're glad you're catching your breath after what would have been a whirlwind three weeks, right? Now, how was it in terms of being in Cambodia for three weeks, being on the ground, just soaking it all up? Yeah, it's, it's always fantastic. Uh, this is the second time I'm, I'm reporting from the SEA Games, uh, with the first one being Hanoi. Uh, but in Hanoi, it was a bit different because we were just coming out from the pandemic, so things were still a bit controlled. Whereas in Cambodia, it's, you know, all things go, right? And I've enjoyed the country, enjoyed the, the sea games, and it always helps when Team Singapore puts in good performances. And, and you mentioned at the start of the show uh, how well we have done. And so, so it's, been, it's been great really covering uh, all kinds of sports at the sea games. And, and that's really the, the best thing from a reporting perspective because in Singapore, you might not always, you know, get the chance to, to cover different sports. But at the sea games, you know, you have to. Uh, so you might go from one day covering something like jujitsu uh, to covering like wrestling or silat or even xiangqi, right? Chinese chess. So, uh, so it's a good variety and a good mix for reporters and also for athletes. I think it's a good time to come out and show their best. Mm, and talk about learning new sports as well or traditional sports. Uh, quite interesting, some of the things that uh, you've described to us. Uh, but Deepan, there was a target of 50 goals for Team Singapore. They got 51. Uh, so would you say this is a success or given the momentum, perhaps they could have done even better? Yeah, I would say actually it's a success because I think even the 50-goal medal target uh, was because in the last few editions, you know, we went under the 50 target. Mm. So. Uh, we, we set the 50 target in the sense of, okay, this is something that they could aspire to reach. And even though it's just, you know, one above the expectations, it's still factually surpassing expectations, right? Uh, and I think what's, what's great is beyond the, the 50 goals, uh, I think you touched on it earlier, you know, about the personal best, about mm. breaking records. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, I think that's also something that's important, you know, beyond just the gold medals. I, I think, for example, uh, Chen Xiang in, in, in the hurdles. Yes, I know he won... Uh, the gold medal, but you could see that right now, you know, we are not just competing in the sprint events, even the hurdles event, uh, we are able to get a, a gold medal and, and a personal best and breaking record. So that's something that really, really uh, pleases me from a sporting perspective. Now, Deepan, you speak about the 51 gold medals that were won and the Quas got plenty of attention. Our golden girl, Shanti Pereira, deserved all the attention and got all the attention. But who are the unsung heroes of the Singapore contingent? 
yeah, I, I think there are actually a, a few out there that you know, I think we have to mention. Uh, first and foremost, I think when you look at the SEA Games contingent from Team Singapore, uh, I, I believe the number is that there are over 250 debutants. Um, and, the, and the average age of this contingent was about 24. Uh, so, you know, given that, you know, you've got to mention the young ones, right? So uh, maybe the first one that comes to mind is uh, Isaac Quack from, from Table yeah. Tennis. Mm. Uh, three, three gold medals this time. I think uh, men's singles, uh, men's team and men's doubles. Uh, and he's only 16. I wow. mean, if I were to ask both of you what you're doing at 16, I don't think people want to hear hear that. But, you know, the, the fact that this boy is 16 and is dominating Southeast Asia, uh, I think bodes well for not just table tennis, but for Singapore sport. Uh, and, and sticking with people who are young, I think another one, of course, in the swimming pool, uh, Jonathan Tan. I think going mm. into this SEA uh, Games, uh, all the attention was on the fact that you know, Joseph Schooling is not part of the of the contingent. And also, even after that, the news cycle was around uh, Tiong Chen Wei, right, about how he's his fastest uh, Southeast Asian swimmer going into the SEA Games. And yep. then Jonathan Tan appears out of nowhere and still all the headlines, and, and rightly so, right? Because to dominate in both the 53 and the 100 free shows what he's about, and he's only 21. Mm. So again, another young boy, uh, sorry, another young man that, you know, we know uh, has a good standing going here into the future. And if I can, you know, just uh, one last mention, uh, or rather special mention was for uh, fencing. Um, yeah. Sito yeah. Chien Tong. So, uh, I think going into the SEA Games, there was a lot of talk about Singapore fencing for the wrong reasons about how uh, they had sidelined uh, Samson from, from the team. And then Samson had come out on social media to to sort of say his piece. And nobody talked about his actual replacement, which was this 20-year-old Sito. Mm. And then what did he do? He went on to win the goal at his first individual goal at the, at the SEA Games. So, again, all these young people, you know, stepping up, coming to the fore. And it really shows that we've got a good, um, we've got good young athletes going uh, in, into the future. Mm. At 16, I was a sprinter, you know. Uh, at 16, I won't say what I was doing on yeah. this podcast. I was sprinting away <laughs> from my discipline master. There we go. <laughs> and we, we, we talked about the heroes. Uh, I hate to call them zeros, but uh, surely there were some events that uh, we kind of disappointed in. Uh, any caught your attention? Uh, let's not talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think you know, we need to mention about, about football, but I think specifically men's football... Yeah. Um, is something that, that of course disappointed us but I think beyond that I think you got to look at the likes of uh, cycling mm. ah. um, basketball and, and golf and, and these are all sports that did not um, medal in okay. um, I think specifically talking about basketball I, I know you know the, the, the response would be that oh because all these other countries are having this um, foreigners playing for them right yep. in terms mm. of like the mm. foreigners for Cambodia and for Philippines and we might not have them but I, do, I still don't think it's an excuse for, for bad performances. Uh, I think across the, the men's and women's teams, I don't think we really put up any good performances. So that's something to look at. And cycling as well, uh, it's of course a, a sport that we have previously won uh, gold medals in. And this time around, yeah. even the, the finishers came nowhere near a podium finish. So that's something to look at, especially when we talk about the fact that you know cycling will have its own dedicated facility soon. And yeah. there is good funding for, for cycling. So you got to have some form of reward. And of course, golf. I mean, we, we've got a lot of um, attention on golf in, in Singapore because of the fact that we have uh, quite a number of pe- people playing golf in Singapore. And mm. I think sometimes you've got to have some level of performances. I mean, no one's asking asking anyone to win gold medals, right? But I think at least, you know, um, decent enough performances have to be put in. And I don't think golf put that in at uh, DC Games. 
Yep, certainly. Deepan, now you speak about the Singaporean side of things in terms of them winning medals or not winning medals and flattering to deceive. But I'm keen to find out any other fairy tales that you may have witnessed from other countries or other athletes. Uh, yeah, I, I think Cambodia's uh, track runner comes to mind. Chun mm. uh, uh, Bhutan, I think is his name. So he, he is, of course, uh, he is of course a hundred, uh, 800 meters runner. Uh, and he actually won Cambodia's first gold medal at, wow. at a track and field event uh, for for a run. And I, I, I was there at the Murdoch Teco National Stadium when he achieved the, that feat. And he was in tears, you know, sobbing after he crossed the finish line because that's what it meant for him. Because this is a guy who I don't think anyone expected to, to be winning an 800-meter event, a Cambodian. And especially when in the context of what I talked about, right, you know, how Cambodia have uh, been using naturalized athletes, at least for basketball and some other sports. This is a local born and bred guy who, who went on to achieve this uh, gold medal winning feat for Cambodia, and it's really inspirational. Uh, another that comes to mind is, of course, a, a Filipino wrestler. Uh, her name is Maria Cristina, and, and she actually retired uh, a few years ago. You know, she, she won gold medals in the 20, 2003 and 2005 editions, and then she retired and she became a coach uh, with the Philippine wrestling body. And then she came back and, and she actually won the gold medal. Wow. And what's sweet about this was the fact that uh, she had an 18-year-old daughter who wow. also won a bronze medal at the <laughs> same game. So, so really, uh, it's a family affair. But, you know, I, I love nothing more than to see, you know, older people come back and still prove their worth. And, and this was it. Thanks, Deepan. I appreciate that encouragement. <laughs> uh, here comes my uh, party pooper reality check question, Deepan. Um, we're celebrating how well we, Singapore, did at the Southeast Asian Games. Reality check comes when we hit the international stage. Are we doomed to only celebrate these sort of victories when it's at our backyard? Yeah, that's a, a very, very good question, Elliot, because I, I for long have, have thought about this. You know, what What is the point of dominating at the Southeast Asian level? I mean, you win gold medals. For example, we take swimming, for example. I mean, you win, you win gold medals at the Southeast Asian level because you are the kings of Southeast Asia and the swimming pool. And then what? You know, what, what more can we do to ensure that our athletes are given mm. the best chance to take that lead to Asia? Um, and, and this was a question that was asked at the press conference um, after the SEA Games where, you know, uh, the CDM and SNOC and SSI chief were, were there. And, and you know, they, they promised that you know, they will look up to the athletes to ensure they are given the best resources to challenge Asia. So mm. uh, we're talking about the likes of Shanti Pereira. You know, can mm. she go on to medal at the Asian Games? Look, we are not taking anything away from the successes of Shanti, Chen Xiang and all these other 51 gold medalists. But I think for Singapore to show that it's a force in the sporting level, we've got to make a splash in Asia. And that's mm. where we should be looking forward to, which is why it's good that, you know, the Southeast Asian, uh, the Team Singapore contingent at the Southeast Asian Games is a young one. I, I mentioned about over 250 debutants, the, the average age being 24. It's good. So, so these young guys, they are showing their level at Southeast Asia. It's a good stepping stone for them now to realize that it's not just any good being good at the Southeast Asian level. Think about Asia. Think about how you can take the next step. And I'm looking forward to the Asian Games in September. Let's see how well we do there. Yeah, here's to hoping, Deepan. Thank you so much for giving us that wholehearted analysis of everything that happened in Cambodia. Before we let you go, what's one lasting memory you'll take away from the 2023 SEA Games? You know, I, I thought about this and, you know, all the talk has been about men's 
football or Singapore football in general. And I think, um, unfortunately, the ladies come into this picture and, and people describe them as, as one, right? Because it's still Singapore football. Okay. But I was actually at the game between uh, the host Cambodia and, and the Singapore women's national team where Cambodia won 1-0 uh, due, because of a penalty and, and they got through to the next round. Yep. Whereas a win in, in our favour would have allowed us to you know, have a good chance of going to the semi-final, historic semi-final. And the thing is, the ladies showed plenty of heart and desire. You know, at the final whistle, uh, they were in tears. And keep in mind that this is a Cambodian team that went to China and prepared for six months. Wow. And and, and our women's national team, you know, they, they juggle their day jobs. You know, of course, they're not professional players. They they juggle their day jobs and their studies. And, you know, they, they, they had a new coach just a month before the series. And they were so close to making the historic league. So I, I urge all fans to not look at Singapore football in just one whole big picture. I think these ladies deserve plenty of credit for the great hunger and desire they showed at the SEA Games, even though, yes, they did not go on to the semi-final. And I think that's something that I'll take away because of all the negativity that's been around Singapore football. That gives me hope for Singapore football in some sense, that we have got a group of ladies here who could go on to do special things for Singapore football, and that's the hope that I'll take away from Cambodia. That is brilliantly put. Uh, we've been speaking with Straits Times sports reporter Deepan Rajganasan. Deepan, thank you again. Uh, certainly hope to catch up with you again uh, soon. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.